All right. Well, welcome back. This is the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. We're really excited to bring you another episode. These are always fun, and we, we have a lot lined up for you guys coming up in the future. We have a lot of people that have been reaching out. We've been scheduling a ton. I'm really today, excited. Yeah, I, it's, it's crazy. We're trying to do about two a week. Keep reaching out. We're going to add everybody we can, and, and it's, it's been great. And it's been really fun to hear from people that we have not reached out to. You know, Gonzo and I, we, you and I, we reach out to a lot of people and say, hey, do you want to be on the show? Hey, do you want to do this? And I think we're almost to the point now where we have more people reaching out to us unsolicited, yeah. which is really, I mean, other than us saying, like, hey, send us an email, send us a voice memo. But the good thing is this, this guest, as everybody knows, Zach Hewlett, he was not hard. He was not hard to get. He wasn't playing hard to get. He would put himself out there and he really, uh, he wanted to be on. So it's great to be able to sit down and talk with him. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this conversation goes. Yeah. So here's our conversation with Zach. Okay. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording but So go for it. Go for it, Zach. No, you, you guys, I was just saying, I've loved every second of your podcast so far. And I, I think I was one of the earliest people to reach out in regards to this. Cause the first thing that I, when I saw it on Facebook, I was like, wow, this is a really cool idea. And so I you reached were, out and you were number one. So and serious? Yeah, you were the first, first person. person. And you the the subject line to your email was Zach is very interested <laughs> to be on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. Yes. Well, the funny thing is like your your podcast and everything about it is something that has been on my mind over the last, I don't know, 3-4 years. And I think it's like circumstances in my life have I've, I've had kind of a roller coaster in regards to jobs and things that I've been doing, but like I think back often to experiences in high school and college and everything in between that have shaped who I am now. And high school is a big part of that. So I'm super excited to be on. So thanks for having me. Oh, thanks, Zach. We're looking forward to it a lot. I, I think that probably the most exciting thing has been how totally different every single person is not that i don't have any expectations of any person but it's been really cool to have every person be like i don't know what i would say i don't know if i'm interesting i don't know this or that but then every person that comes on i i walk away from the conversation thinking that was awesome and i'm really glad i got to be a part of that yeah. and the feedback for the most part from everybody has been very similar so i'm i'm glad that gonzo had that dream you know, and oh my God. be a part of it. And I'm really excited to, to chat with you today. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Kudos to you and responding to your dreams, Gonzo, because I have dreams and I just go, where did that come from? Well, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's a problem as much as a, a benefit because I, when I get something, it's like when I, I don't know if you heard the one with the Proust where it's like, I get an idea in my head and it's like, I'm, like I don't stop until until it comes to fruition. So it's like back then it was finding that Super Nintendo cable, and then like I've had this yeah. idea to like. And the reason why I was probably dreaming about it is because I have felt in myself that I had changed a lot. I'm like I have changed. I'm a totally different person that I was 20 years ago, and it it just made me sure. think like I bet everybody else has changed too, you know. And it I want to know like what what's happened in their lives, what are the lessons that they've learned and how have people changed? So it's the, the, yeah. probably the reason I was dreaming about it is because I've been thinking about it a lot. So yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. And, it, and it's been super fun. I've enjoyed every single podcast and it was interesting. I don't know how you guys produce these and like how rapidly you're getting them out. But when I listened to Bonnie's podcast, she was like, we need to shake this up. We need to get some people outside of yeah. your group of friends. And I was like, I think I'm that bridge. <laughs> that's, that's, I think, I think that's me. So I'm you super, super amped. Awesome. Well, let's, let's get it started. Zach, tell us yeah. how you saw yourself in high school. How would you describe yourself, your personality, who you were? Yeah. I felt like I was fairly, I don't, I don't think people really understand, understood who I really was in high school. And a lot of that stemmed from 
couple things that happened in in middle school actually. So I went to Eastmont, and um, I didn't know you guys as well, just because, you know, we were all kind of merging from different elementary schools, and so you kind of had to find your your way through it. And I remember going into it, I was really into sports. And so sports were kind of like my MO in regards to everything that I wanted to be and striving to be. But the thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that I have a very strong, musically talented family. And so that's one of my talents that I had. And Again, I've been reflecting on this since I've been listening to the podcast. And I had an instance in seventh grade where Allison Moody was in my um, seventh grade class for a choir. And at that point in time, I had not matured to my nice baritone voice yet. And I was I was hitting the you know the soprano note. And she turned around and looked at me and gave me the most crooked look. <laughs> and from that moment on, I kind of suppressed my musical talent and was embarrassed. And um, that's kind of one thing that I am grateful for my senior year of high school, because like I said, I, I went through high school. I, I played basketball sophomore year. I didn't make the basketball team my junior year. And that was huge blow to me as far as like my mental plan of what I wanted to accomplish in high school. And so I became one of the, the Hal Hale hooligans and was a, one of the rowdies at the basketball games. We had a lot of fun in the student section at the basketball games and it was, it was good. But and anyway, it just kind of derailed like my expectation of what high school was going to be for me. I mean, granted, I s still played on the football team and it was, who I was, I guess. But I think it was because a lot of people see, they see me as this big guy. And the expectation of me was, well, if he's such a big guy, he should be big and strong. And I wasn't in high school. Like I didn't develop physically and, and get the muscles and like the fast twitch muscles that some, some of the kids in our high school had until after my mission. And so it was like, how in the heck did I get the short end of the stick during high school where I wasn't able to excel in the things that I truly wanted to? I have to give a huge shout out to Marie Woodhead. So Marie Woodhead and now Marie Woodhead Bradburn, the wife of the mayor. Um, she was in my ward growing up and um, her mom and my mom were obviously really close uh, having shared quite a few Relief Society meetings, but Marie called me like the week before our senior year um, tryouts for choir. And she said, I know you have a really good voice. You should try out. Hmm. And if I, if she had not called me and invited me to do that, I wouldn't have been in the acapella choir senior year. So huge, huge props to Marie Woodhead for that. And I honestly loved that choir group. We had so much fun. You know, I was listening to to Brady Levitt's memory about it was actually it was Aaron Jensen who passed out, if you guys remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember standing because I was always in the top row being one of the tall guys and she dropped like a rock. And I remember Steam Blake like come on everybody let's go come on back bring your eyes back to me and he kind of like it was like he was driving a 18 horse stagecoach he was like pulling everybody back and and but man it was a little scary too because yeah that i mean you don't know how to, to respond in that situation but anyway that probably get that kid and let, let her have some air that's probably to yeah. how to respond Maybe yeah. it was during that La Lluvia song, and it was like thunder and lightning. So maybe <laughs> right? the Jabberwocky or something. I don't know how you remember those the names of those songs, but you're right; those were exactly the songs. Yeah. Oh man, so good. I remember that. That's funny. So Marie called you then. Yeah. Did I mean, that. She, I mean, honestly, if she hadn't called me, she's like, all you have to do is prepare a song. And I still remember walking into the choir room 
meeting Mr. Steenblick. And I think I had the benefit of the doubt because Steenblick was new our senior year because if we had the old, old choir teacher, I don't know, even know who that person was. I don't know that I would have had enough rapport to even make the choir, but, uh, so that's a little walk down memory lane for you. All right. So let, let's recap really quick. You felt like sports were kind of thrust on you because you're, and this is what I remember you as being like, I'm a little guy. So, and, and yeah. we had actually in middle school, we had Spanish together mm-hmm. and I just remember you like super tall. So it's like you were this big, tall guy and you felt like people were expecting you to be strong, to be like sporty, but you had kind of like this, these musical talented talents, you come from a musical family and you feel like maybe that was kind of overshadowed or that was kind of hidden and anything else about when, how you saw yourself when you were young? Well, it was interesting because I think I was, it was in between our junior and senior year, I was spending some time with some of my cousins who lived up in Davis County and I had an aunt who saw me try and be this macho and put on like this persona of I'm the tough guy as I was spending time with um, my cousin and her really cute friends. And she came up to me one day and she just said, this is not really who you are. And it was kind of a light bulb moment for me. Like, you know what? You're right. This isn't who I am. I'm, I'm a very fun-loving, happy, goofy guy, and I found myself acting way too serious in high school to a fault, where I was, I was very much focused on what other people thought of me, as opposed to focusing on being who I was supposed to be. And, and I think, truly, I, I was envious of how both of you carried yourselves, because you had you it, it's i mean it seemed to me that you guys knew who you were and you just were out there and that was you had this personality that that radiated that i'm happy i'm good and obviously i had no idea the turmoil that was going on within both of you after listening to your independent episodes but being around you in school i never would have guessed those things because you guys truly were you had a smile on your face. You were always looking for an opportunity to crack a joke or make other people smile. And I was envious of that. I wish I had thought more about the opportunities to do that in high school, but I was so stuck in my own mental thought process of who I was supposed to be. Thanks. I, I like hearing from people how they viewed us because I think all of us have we're able to put forth that face, right? Whatever we want people to see, we project that and hope people kind of see that. And I think right. if anything we've learned, I think a lot of us were able to fool some people. And how lucky are you that you had an aunt who was able to kind of call your bluff or yeah, see right through out and yeah. have kind of like that, that conversation that I think it could potentially be awkward depending on what kind of family dynamic you come from that maybe they wouldn't want, I don't want to step on his toes, but you had an aunt that said, Hey, this isn't you. You know, I don't know what that conversation looked like, if it was short, if it was just a comment or if you talked about it more. But that moment, from what it sounds like, that kind of opened your eyes a little bit and allowed you to be more true to who you who you were. Like, I'm going to actually be myself. Yeah. And maybe you hadn't spent much time allowing yourself to do that for the few years prior. Yeah, absolutely. But so, so who are you now, Zach? What I'm like now. So I've been married coming up on 11 years. Uh, my wife, my my wife and I have a daughter. Her name is Harper. She's six years old. She'll be seven in September. And then we have our dog Rocky. He's eight. He's a Shiba Inu. And that's that's my world. And um, the thing that I loved, and I, I, again, I'm reflecting on that comment from my aunt in regards to being myself. On my first date with my wife, you know, at the time. I thought she was really cute. She had a great personality and I got in the car and I was super nervous. And so I had kind of sheltered myself and she's like, what's wrong with you? Cause we had hung out previously <laughs> before this first date. And I told her, uh, it's just, it's just date Zach. And she was like, <laughs> she, 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 she basically said, shut up, shut up. You're not like this. Like she called my bluff. And th- that was the minute that I was like, 
this is someone I could be with forever. And on your first date? On my first date. It but was, you didn't tell her that, I, right? <laughs> no, it, it took me it took me a few more dates before I decided to say that. But and I, I almost scared her away when I did. So I, I'm I'm glad she stuck around. But yeah. So anyway, that that side of things, our our life has been hectic. Um, we met at the University of Utah. We actually met in the MUS, and we were both involved in the the leadership council for the MUS when we were at the University of Utah. So our common love of Utah football was truly what brought us together, and it's still a thing that we enjoy together even now, and that's great. But Just not in November, right? Uh, we love November football. Come on. Okay. So fun fact about me, I was actually born on a Saturday afternoon during the BYU-Utah football game. And so that's kind of something that I, I love that rivalry week, you know, leading up to that game just because it's, it's birthday week. And it's also, it's just, it's kind of that culmination of the football year. Is so. that even a rivalry anymore? I thought just the that Utah had just blown them out of the water so many times in a row that it's just uh, kind of gone by the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell any of our BYU classmates. <laughs> BYU fans have more moral victories than every other team. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You took it right out of my brain. Continue. So, Sorry, I cut you off. No, you're good. So, in college, so going back to high school real quick, I didn't know what I truly wanted to do after after high school because I had a, a very focused mindset on going on my mission and then once I got beyond my mission I'd figure that stuff out and when I got to college I was like man I don't know what to do like I did a couple of years at slick and got my general ed stuff and but I knew I wanted to go the the U because of the sports and being a passionate fan of them I grew up going to Utah sports events with my dad and my sister and but in any case I learned through the must that I could work in sports. And I was like, wow, that sounds like an intriguing opportunity. So I looked into it further and found out that, you know, if you want to work in sports, you really have to earn your keep, earn your dues. And so I told my wife, I said, there's not a lot of opportunities in Utah with regards to professional sports and college sports are hard to get, break into as a, a newly graduated student but I needed an internship for my graduation. So we moved to LA and I was like, there's sports everywhere in LA. I'll find my niche there. I got a, I got a, an internship offer to work at in the, with the WNBA team, the LA spark and did that for a summer. And then I also got a second opportunity and worked at the Rose bowl for in the same summer. So that was pretty darn cool. That's awesome. A kid from Sandy, Utah, you know, I got to shoot hoops on the floor at the Staples Center where Kobe was hitting shots, you know, before games. And that's cool. I was I was on the grass, the grass turf at the Rose Bowl, not doing events but like we helped shoot television commercial and different things. I was actually standing in the tunnel during the Allstate Mayhem when he does the streaking commercial as he got carried down the tunnel that was all filmed at the Rose Bowl and I was standing there watching them film that it was a pretty cool situation so I actually worked in sports for five years and it came to hopping jobs I got my first full-time job at UCLA worked there for a season moved back to Utah and worked for the Utah Grizzlies for a season and I wanted to get back into college so we moved to Logan and I worked at Utah State for two and a half years and that's where my daughter was born and I thought we'd be there for a long time but things unraveled there for some strange reason we, I, we found ourselves I got a job opportunity in Oregon I worked at Oregon State so we moved from Salt Lake to LA in within LA then back to Salt Lake then another place in Salt Lake then to Logan then to Corvallis and I was just like, I can't do this to my family forever. This is just, this is not going to be a long-term thing that I see as sustainable. So I was looking for other opportunities and found an opportunity to work for a, a home builder um, here in Colorado. And so we moved uh, to a suburb of Denver 
Um, it's called Highlands Ranch, Colorado. And so that's where we live. And we've been here now for three years. Um, the home builder situation was was tough because it was a small builder, not a lot of houses to be sold, but it gave me my first steps forward into real estate. So I got my real estate license in 2019. And my wife and I also have, I'm going to plug our business real quick because it's plug been away. such a, a cool, yeah. cool situation, but we created a business around the concept of helping real estate professionals showcase property. It's called New Hue Visual Pros. So N-E-W-H-E-W Visual Pros. And you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere. But um, that's my wife and I's business that we do together. And it's been, it's been a, a roller coaster over the last few years with the pandemic and everything that's been going on. But it's been so cool because it's given me so many opportunities to learn the real estate world gain better experience and just do different things and so it's if you get an opportunity check it out it's really fun but we'll put um, it yeah yeah i appreciate that yeah but um so yeah that's that's what i do and I'm, I'm a licensed realtor in the state of colorado and i haven't done too many transactions just yet you know getting getting my legs on and we'll see how things go but uh i don't think i ever saw myself as a realtor in the future, but my sales background taught me how much I love learning about people. I gained that love when I was on my mission, but had to like re-blossom that as I got into the sales aspect of sports. And um, I just, I've told people this many times and they look at me like I'm crazy, but I, I would love any instance to meet a stranger learn where they come from, what makes them unique and be able to help them in some small aspect of life. That's, I don't know, that's, that's one of my passions. It drives me and it's really cool. That's cool. And that's something that's actually rare and it's becoming more and more rare, you know, now as more people are just staring at their phones and communicate less and less with each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, um, I remember growing up in Uruguay, we'd take the bus or we'd be at the store and my mom would just just talk to whomever, you know, as you're picking a piece of fruit or something. She would like, they people would just be chatting with each other and just like, you know, I remember for, for a long time because I was like a little kid and I would just be like, oh, come on, let's go. Because every next, every person we see, like, like my mom somehow knew them and it's kind of like, She's going to start talking to them forever. And like now people don't that, you know, it's like yeah. sitting, sitting next to each other in the bus. They would just, people would just all be gabbing, talking to each other, um, standing in line for something. And now, you know, we all just stand in line at the grocery store and we just keep our mouth shut, you know? So it's, it's actually yeah. rare. I think someone who loves to connect, to talk to someone. Yeah. My mom had that same gift and she served her mission in Peru. So I think she learned it in, Central or South America. Do you so you say like you have this love of meeting these new people? Do you have any any specific examples or experiences of like you mentioned like sales background? But do you have any examples of what what caused you just to really love that type of interaction with strangers or with new people? Yeah, um, I've shared this story a lot as I became a manager in the sales world. So. In my first full-time job at UCLA, my boss actually came from the professional sports world. He had worked for the LA Kings in the NHL, and he had that that model of quickest phone call, quickest no, and then get to the next phone call is kind of how he would do things. And all the all the other salespeople used to make fun of me for how long my phone calls were because sometimes I would just get off on a tangent and ask a question and I get a story or I'd hear something about people's connection with the university through athletics. And so um, there was one story in specific that I really enjoy sharing where I was on a, on a phone call, honestly, just going through a leads list. And I was talking to this gentleman about UCLA athletics and kind of 
what it meant to him. And he went on and told me story after story and how he had met John Wooden and he had interactions with some of the greatest athletes that had ever set foot on that campus. And at the end of the conversation, I was like, well, I really have enjoyed this conversation. If you ever need anything in regards to coming to a game or just let me know, I'd be happy to help and left my phone number and called it that. And the end of the call, I'd been on the phone for almost an hour. <laughs> and, and and my boss sat two or three seats to to my right. And he I remember he leaned back in his chair and he looked over me as like, Well, that was a waste of an hour. And I said, I don't think so. I I, I honestly felt like I got something out of that, even though there wasn't a sale in, involved with it, there was something that happened there. And um, three weeks later, that same gentleman called the the donor level, like the the oper- the people upstairs <laughs> that took the big donations, and said, "Hey, can I talk to Zach?" And at the time, our sales team at UCLA was so new that everybody looked around and was like, "Who is Zach?" You know, who are they talking about? And they finally connected it back and got connection with me. And um, he had called and said, I had a conversation with him a few weeks ago and I haven't stopped thinking about it. It just, it brought back so many wonderful memories and I wanted, I want to create those memories for my kids and for my grandkids. And so if you'll have him get in touch with me, I'd like to buy some season tickets for the football season and also make a sizable donation. And I was talking, I called him and thanked him and we ended up meeting and getting to know each other a little bit throughout the season. But he just, he made a comment to me one day. He's like, I appreciated you just having the, the willingness to be a listening ear and to allow me to share my experiences. And I said, you know, you're welcome. That's what my job is, is to, you know, create, stir up that passion in people in order to bring them out and want to do it again. But the craziest part about it is I I learned later that uh, this gentleman who, you know, I didn't know anything about it at at that time. He was a former vice president of Paramount Pictures. And so I'm talking to somebody who probably could have come to any game he wanted and sat wherever he wanted, but he had just come to a, a, an individual game or something went off and happened to get in touch with me. But you have no idea who you're talking to. And that was an eye-opener for me to realize that it doesn't truly matter who you're talking to. They're valuable. And you don't have to cater to those who are, you know, they have some prowess about them. Yeah. Because he didn't introduce himself as, oh, I'm so-and-so with, I have, I'm the former vice president of Paramount Pictures. He just was a guy on a call sheet. And you have no idea who you're talking to or how you might impact their life. But that was an eye-opening experience for me. And I'll always reflect fondly on that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I yeah, think of that, course. Like just the human connection like that. Like how you said it, you stirred up a bunch of memories and good feelings and things in him and that led to some form of action yeah. and I almost feel like that's part of what we're doing is just kind of stirring up some feelings in people some good some bad like they haven't you know <laughs> I think that it's but it's stirring up memories and creating real emotion and I think that that's a human element that you know we're all freaking 34 35 and mm-hmm. we're kind of in this part of our lives where things are pretty much the same every day and maybe we're losing a little bit of that passion for life. And I think that this has been really helpful and therapeutic to hear things, to stir up that emotion of like, what would I say? What would I do? Like, that's really cool that Zach is doing that. Zach moved freaking across several states within however many period of years. And I love that you say, like, I can't put my family through this. Now you're in Colorado, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and so just taking yourself to where you, you feel you should be and being willing to, you know, sounds like you got to the point where it was kind of hard, but you've always been willing to do what you thought it took to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And where you want to be is has changed as yeah. you've gotten older. Absolutely. And so I, I respect that, that you're willing to make a, a career change or 
sacrifice this or that or things that you thought you wanted for something you want more. Yeah. Well, and it definitely wasn't easy. Um, I, I remember coming out of high school, I thought to myself, you know, I see myself living in Utah the rest of my life, but the game changer truly was my wife. You know, when I met her, she, she's like, well, one of the coolest things about me is I've been to 48 States. And I was like, I was looking at like counting on my my one hand, how many States I had been in. And I was like, man, I got to get out more. But she helped me understand that there is, there is good everywhere and there are exciting things to see everywhere. And you can't have tunnel vision in regards to where your life will take you because you don't really know. And that was what ultimately got me to say, okay, I'm going to take this risk or this leap of faith and move to, to LA, you know, and everybody, at least I felt in Utah, there was this perception that LA is like, you know, gangs and we're riding down in Compton. And and I definitely (laughs) have, have been in neighborhoods like that, but you know, for the most part, I felt pretty safe in LA and the experiences I had there were life changing. I'm just grateful I had that experience. So as an adult, you feel you're more comfortable in your skin. You've kind of found who you are that, well, maybe as a teenager, you were kind of putting up persona of a tough guy, but now you, you're more of that lovable, goofy guy that you maybe were all along, right? And you found a love with, of connecting with people. And that's something that, you know, in sales, it's more about being willing and able to connect with people well and a desire to help them and less about just like making the sale. So you've kind of learned those things. You've learned a, pa- you've, you've learned a passion for, for connecting with people. What do you think? What other big lessons have you learned in the last 20 years? Well, I can definitely say that life has not always been cupcakes and roses. You know, some of those job changes and things were as a result of lost jobs or people that have driven me away from some of the things that I thought were my future. And I, I, had, I took a long, hard look for a period of time and had to internalize like, who I want to be and how I want to be long-term and you know depression is a real thing for everybody who's listening and I know that each of you have talked about those bouts of time in your life where you feel overwhelmed as an adult it's it's not an abnormal thing it is it is normal and um, the thing that got me through those times was one, my faith in Jesus Christ and my love of my family and knowing that if I don't get up off this mat, who's going to fight for our team is kind of the mentality that I've adopted. And so I've dealt with a a mixed bag of people. And again, I'm not faulting them in any situation. I'm sure in the moment I did. And I think that was just my knee jerk reaction to those situations. But in hindsight now, I know that I am where I'm supposed to be. And I kind of took a roundabout way to get there, but I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Many people have asked me, you know, would you go back and do it differently? And there's no way I would because a piece of glass on, on the shore of the ocean, every time you're pounded against the sand, the rough edges are coming off and you're being smoothed and polished. It, that's been my polish has been going through some tough times and truly coming out the better on the other side. So, yeah, you know, looking back at high school in hindsight, I I wish I would have been more, more outgoing and a little bit more friendly to people because I think, I, I think back now being in my like mindset of being a jock, which I shouldn't have been that, that was stupid. I think a lot of people were scared of me more than they, until they got to know me, you know, because the, those people that did know me knew that I was a fun person. I enjoyed laughing. I enjoyed 
other things besides, you know, my, my driven goals of being good at the sports that I was in. And, you know, obviously it's, it's hard to think about those things when you know you can't go back and do it again. But my, my thing that I've always tried to teach youth, like I've been in the young men's presidency in, in church and I've taught Sunday school in, I swear, every ward. I don't know. That's like my calling for life is <laughs> teaching young men and young women about how I messed up and you shouldn't do it this way in, in the right ways of doing that. I, I look at some of the kids around here, like showing up to the gym at the church and playing basketball periodically. And they're so serious and they're so like, they've got that persona that I used to have. And I look at them and I go, eventually you'll figure out that it's just a game and it doesn't truly matter if you win or lose, but what matters is that you're a good person in the end. If you can, if you can live in your own skin and you can do what you just do your best, you know? Absolutely. Yep. No, I agree. And that's, it's inspirational. I think that, and it's the funny thing is you talk about teaching the young men and the young women, like these teenage kids. And it's like, I promise you, if you listen to me, your life will be easier. And they won't, you know, <laughs> no. freaking kids. come on guys. Absolutely. But, you know, but you still just try Cause I can tell you hearing what you're saying, you're doing good for these young people because my, I don't, I don't say like, I don't come on here and say bad things about my dad. He just wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And so I really did learn a lot about how to be a husband and a father from my scout leaders and my, my church leaders, like these men, I still talk to them to this day. And I, I am not, I can't be more grateful for the examples they gave to me. I was an idiot teenager, did a lot of stupid stuff, not like bad stuff, but stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, there's no way I would have known it at that time. But as I've gotten older, I can look back and be so grateful for the things that they did that I can recognize now, like, man, I'm so glad they did that. And they must have done that because they saw some kid that didn't have a dad around. And so they just provided this outlet where I could have a a safe male role model. And so I think that, yeah, right. Kids have to be, they have to grow up a lot younger nowadays, but they're still kids and they still don't understand consequences very well. And so to have someone like you, that's willing to be there and you get to have that calling. I think that's great. I think that's a good calling for life just to help young people. Yeah, absolutely. You have any, you have any, any beef you want to hash out? Anything you got to get off your chest or anything that you want someone to apologize for or you apologize for to them? <laughs> I don't think I ever did anything too egregious in high school that I need to apologize. Um, if I have, I hope that someone can call me out on it on a future podcast and I'll send, send us a voice memo. memo. Yeah. Send us a voice, send a voice memo and give them that <laughs> apology. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny, like listening to to Zach Smith's podcast and how he had beef with Coach McConnell. I I have beef with Coach McConnell. Oh, double beef, Coach McConnell getting called out. You know, Zach was told he was too short to play basketball, and he never gave me my excuse. He just said, "We don't have a spot for you on the team," and I was like, "Thanks a lot." Thanks, you couldn't even be a manager because <laughs> Zach had that position. I know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine me as a manager on the end of the bench? They would have been like, "Put that, put that guy in a jersey and get him in here and get, get some rebounds." At least put him in as like the enforcer. You know, take your five minutes, get your fouls, get out. Yeah, absolutely. Throw them bows a little bit. That's right. We'll have to have a special up with uh, Coach McConnell. We'll have to track him down, <laughs> and he can answer for all these. Yeah, Zach, I, I actually got. I, I'll call it beef. It's not really beef, but it's something I got to apologize to you for. You ready for this? I'm ready. Blow my mind a little bit. You know, because uh, you and I, we don't, I don't know. I, I, I was telling Gonzo, like, I don't think you and I ever even hung out once. I, I don't have, I, we were not in the same friend circle at no. any point, even at Eastmont. Like, I just, we weren't around each other. Yeah. But there was, I got to be one of the, I think it was Ryan, the other guy, not Ryan Copeland, but Ryan was able to say the names at graduation. It was me and Ryan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Megan Gorns. I can't remember. But when you came up, you handed me a piece of paper that said Aaron Perry. And 
I was like, I can't do that. And you're like, just freaking do it. And I'm like, I can't do that. And we had like this argument for probably like a good five seconds, you know? Yeah. But that five seconds lasted for eternity. I was like, I can't do that because I'm going to get in trouble. And I think back to that, I think, what would they have done? Like, we were at our graduation. I was already done. I was graduated. And it meant a lot to me because that happened over three years before that. That happened when we were in ninth grade. And that showed to me that day your character of, man, this is a kid that should be here. This is a kid that he influenced so many people and was such a good guy. And he did not get to graduate with us. And so what I want to say is I'm sorry I didn't just take that risk you know i i not that i can go back and change it but i want to say i i appreciate you and i appreciate your heart because that showed me who zach really is no one nobody in our whole graduating class knows that you did that except for me you and i didn't hang out we weren't like close friends or anything but that said everything i will ever need to know about you as 17 18 year old zach like you are a thoughtful kind human who thought about somebody who that never went away and so I thank you for that. And, uh, you know, just, I think you're great. I, I really appreciate you, who you are, p- taking the time to come on and just chat with us and just be open. Absolutely. And thank you for, for following that, that gut instinct and sending us that very first email. Yeah, thanks, Zach. No, absolutely. No, I, I, I'm, it's interesting that you bring that up, Stephen. I've been brought to tears a little bit, but, like, I wasn't really close with Aaron as far as like friendship was concerned, but I don't know. He's, he's always had a lingering influence on my life because, you know, ever since that happened in ninth grade, I remember going to Eastmont the next day after we found out that he and Bruce had passed away and there were so many tears being shed. But for some reason, I was fairly stoic in that moment. And I think the reason I was stoic was because of, my understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I don't want to get in on a pedestal in regards to that, but like, I, I know that I'll see him and Bruce again at some point in the future. When that day comes, it will be a glorious reunion. But every single step that I took after that, I reflected on how I would do it, knowing that Aaron didn't have the opportunity to do it. And that was why I brought that to graduation. And, um, I did have beef with, um, who was our athletic director? Hutch. Yeah, Hutch. Hutch Hutch took that obituary clipping that I had tried to hand to you and put it in his pocket and never gave it back to me after graduation. I I had to chase him down. Here's some more beef, Hutch. I had to chase him from the event center all the way back to his office and say, I want that back. And... He gave it to me, but I, I was a little bit miffed at the fact that he was just going to walk away and I'd probably never see him again. Yeah. So one one memory that I was thinking about, Steve, and I don't know if you remember this, when you were on, it was either a sophomore or the JV football team. Um, I remember you, myself, Gus Stedman, and like Rob McConkey and a couple other guys, we used to play games on the sidelines while the team was like practicing where we'd pick a category and we'd all have to like think of something within the category. I I don't remember what our categories were, but man, I will never forget some of the laughs that we had playing that, that game. And it was just one of those things that we made up as a way to fill time when we weren't actually involved. (laughs) 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 But yeah, that was a good one. And then, my earliest memory of Gonzo, Gonzo, I think you were in my seminary class in ninth grade, right? With Brother Decker? Yes. Do you remember when he did, um, he did like the object lesson with the caramelized onion? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember because you, you sat behind me in the class you know, he had cut it open and shows there's an onion inside this caramelized onion. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. And he said, would anybody want to bite? And Gonzo popped out of his seat, ran to the front and said, y'all have a bite. And instead of taking a bite of the caramelized onion, you took 
another raw onion that he had and started eating it like an apple. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, this guy's just, he's got, he's got guts, you know, he's, he, cause I would have never done that. I, I would have been mortified if I had done something like that. So. I, I sweat, I sweated onions like for two days after that. And I think the other object lesson that I broke was he had like the dirty water do you, do you remember that? So he's like talking about how it's just like no one would drink this dirty water. <laughs> oh my and I was gosh. like, I'll drink it. <laughs> and I just chugged the, <laughs> chugged the dirty water. He's like, wouldn't you want to drink this clear water? Because he was talking about how like, I don't yeah. know, sometimes a movie's got a little like some a little nasty in it. And then you're like, you would never drink this dirty water. And I'm like, I'll drink it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. He, internally, he was like, "Why? Why is Gonzo yeah. having to destroy this beautiful metaphoric lesson?" That I put there, but, yeah, it's like oh, the, the spirit's yeah. never going to be felt in this class. <laughs> uh, clearly, the spirit was felt more than more than you know. Oh, no, thanks. In other words, yeah, who would you like to hear from, Zach? I mean, from my group of friends. You know, Andy Simeona is someone I'll call out. I think that he should hop on. Send him Tyson a text. Poole is, Tyson Poole is still around. Yeah. He, he actually coaches high school lacrosse at, at American Fork, and he's been doing really well with that. So love that guy. I'd also love to hear from Nick Raymond. I don't know if he'd ever muster up the courage to hop on and say, hey, but love Nick. I actually caught up with him recently, and he's a good man. Love him to death. I mean, there's a lot of people. I, I agree that there's – you brought up Hamza. Like, I know Hamza, he he met his goal. I know he's uh, – I think he's a pediatrician somewhere, but I don't know where he's at. I don't know. I could I could rally off way too many people. It wouldn't <laughs> – I know we're almost out of time, so I respect everyone's time. <laughs> we're going to reach out. We'll see what we can do. I just want to say thank you for putting this together because – you know, I started listening to it while I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago in Florida. And, and I was like, wow, this is like, this is powerful stuff. Just to kind of give, like you were saying, Steve, it's a, it's therapeutic to reflect back on things. And I, I feel like I'm a little bit the odd duck in regards to the, the previous people that have been on the podcast, just because I had a different experience growing up than you did. And I commend you for being who you are and all the previous individuals who've been on the podcast that have shared their experiences and the hardships that they were going through during high school. And as a result, I reflected back on my high school time and I don't think I had a lot of hardships. Honestly, my hardships were probably made up ideas in my mind that truly weren't hardships at all. I don't know. I, it's, it's allowed me to reflect on the blessings that I enjoyed while I was in school. So I appreciate you guys taking the time and putting the effort into this. And Absolutely. Well, well thank you. Yeah. And there was taking time talking to you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. You take care. All right. You guys too. And keep on plugging. I'm excited to hear more. Thanks. You got it. There, there's more on the way. All right, guys. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks. Bye. Steve, we just got done talking to Zach. Uh, what are your thoughts? I really enjoyed it. I it came up a few times like that we were not, you know, we weren't like super close friends back in high school, and and I had a lot. I was actually taking some notes during that that really stood out to me. The the few things that really stood out, I loved that Marie, somebody that grew up with him, was like went to church with him growing up, just went out of her comfort zone, or at least took that risk of saying, "Hey, you should try out for the choir." And just as impressive, he took her up on the offer. He could have been like, nah, I don't want to do that. I've never done that. But instead, she put herself out there, and he followed through with her suggestion, her request. Yeah, that's like negative beef. Like, that's that's vegetables. That's carrots for uh, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> He's got carrots with yeah. Marie. Yeah, but, but I thought about, I was thinking about that and what he was saying about Aaron, too. It's just one of those things that, even though he was a kid, you know, like a 15-year-old a kid 
but it touched so many other people's lives as just being nice. There are certain moments, and for him, that Marie one was one of them, of someone doing a small kindness, a small positive thing that sticks with the people around you. I know Aaron was one of those people who would do that, who has done that to almost everybody he's met. And it's Marie was also doing that thing for him of doing that extra little nice thing, reaching out. And it doesn't take a lot of effort, but it ends up being having a lasting effect in somebody's life. And for him, it's something that he, 20 years or more, yeah, 20 years later, he still remembers as, as a positive thing. Yeah, I think on those same lines, like there was Marie, but then there was also his aunt. Yeah. Who just said, hey. And so I, I guess maybe the common theme is like, I would love to be a Marie or an aunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 20, like I would love to be that person for someone that's willing to say, hey, like, why don't you try this? Or being willing to have an uncomfortable conversation. Because I, I, yeah. I brought up, like my grandpa had one of those with me. Hey, you don't follow through and finish up what you start. Like, I'm really worried about you. And I would hope that as I get older, I would love to be that kind of person for other people. If I see... And a way that I can offer help or an insight that they may not see. Hey, man, you should really just try this. Hey, girl, like you should give this a go and be willing to be uncomfortable. And I think that the last thing that I saw was he said, like, I just saw myself living in Utah the rest of my life. Like I never left Utah. I thought I'd be here forever. And the fact, like, look at where he he moved from all state over, to yeah. state and all over. And I related to that because I thought, there's no way in heck I'm going to be a dentist in Utah. There's way too many dentists in Utah. And so when I was in school, we I started out in Washington State. And then we went to Tennessee. But it was while we were gone that I really came to my own. And then we ended up back here in Utah. But it was for completely different reasons because my priorities had changed. And I can see that in the conversation with him. He was following this dream, but his priorities changed. Yeah, Willing to do the hard thing to do what he feels is right. And I think that that's a great lesson that we could all learn from. Yeah. And he found within within that change too, he found something yeah. that he's into and passionate about. So it's like forever it was sports, 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 and I'm going to chase a sports dream. But even when he was talking about his sports sale, what he liked about it was having this connection with a person. Now he's like in real estate and it's like, I actually really just like connecting with people and getting to know, getting to know them and kind of a real estate sales job allows that. That's actually really cool to hear too. I'm glad he came on. It was, it was really good to hear from him. And, uh, I hope that more people follow his example and reach out. It was great. That was a really good conversation for sure. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to be in the podcast and reach, do the same as Zach, reach out to us. Jordan High 2004 podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We have JHS uh, 2004 podcast on Instagram. I've been, um, and Steve has too. We've been trying to add as many people as we see. We'll also post it on the Facebook. If you follow us on there, we'll, we'll post some pictures. I'll, put, I'll take a picture right now and we'll post this one on the Instagram. Bye.